What's up, everyone? Welcome to the Lakers Outsiders podcast. My name is Donnie McHenry. I am joined, as always, by my pal Walt. Walt, how you doing this evening? I could not be better, man. I mean, what can I say? Watched some Lakers basketball early on Sunday. Saw some winning time to close my night. Now I'm talking to you, man. I mean, a man can't ask for a better Sunday night. I mean, you are absolutely just living the dream. What can I say? Yeah. Uh, you know, not gonna act like you're not. Um, yeah, we got a we got a double dose of the Lakers today, as we have been getting usually on these Sundays. Uh, fifth episode of Winning Time aired tonight. Whenever you're listening to this, it's probably Monday morning. I'm gonna actually get this episode up nice and early for the people tonight. Uh, but yeah, we got a nice little matinee of the fakers, as I told Walt, I'm just going to call them that for the rest of this, not an original joke or anything by any means, but I just will not, I just, I want to keep showing them disrespect because they deserve it. <laughs> uh, but then after we talk about them for a little bit, we'll roll into our recap of episode five of winning time that featured a whole lot of Kareem Abdul-Jabbar, um, information as well as a look in his past. Uh, the artist formerly known as Lou Alcinder, Louis Alcinder Jr. to be specific. Um, actually, no, I might be making the junior up. I might be. I think he was junior. Yeah. Was he junior? Okay, cool. Mm-hmm. Oof. About, that was about real embarrassing. Uh, and then a very surprising end to anyone who doesn't know about the history of this Lakers team. Uh, like I said, we'll get into that later. First, the Lakers lost today to the Denver Nuggets. Uh, I really couldn't tell you the final score, to be honest, not to not to not give you guys the information. But if you're listening to this podcast, I'm sure you know what the final score was. And yeah, they now have what is it? Four games left to go. I don't know when the Spurs play next. I'm assuming tomorrow or did they play today? Yeah, they played the Blazers today, ironically. Um, And then tomorrow, I think no games because of the championship game. And then Tuesday. I think all teams will be back in action. That's uh, kind of, you know, cycling through yeah. that eight, nine, ten spot. Spurs at Nuggets, Pelicans, Kings, Lakers, Suns. So we'll see what happens. Yeah, you're right. So the Spurs did win today. They beat the Trailblazers. I want to say they play the Trailblazers again mm-hmm. in their last four games. Yeah. And they beat the brakes off the Trailblazers. Not surprising. They are terrible. So... Now the Lakers are two full games behind the Spurs for their 10 seed, which means the Lakers have to win. Uh, Both the Lakers and the Spurs have four games left, and the Lakers have to win three more games than the Spurs. So uh, our good pal Raj called the season over today. I think most people, uh, at least me, uh, called the season on Friday when they lost to the Pelicans. But... They're everything but mathematically eliminated uh, at this point. So I'll dish it over to you, whether or not you want to talk about the game today or just the season in general, since it appears to be over, um, what you think we're going to get out of them last four games. I'll just give you the floor, Walt. Man, the way I see it, as we all should have learned, you know, earlier in the year, even... uh. You know, with the injuries factored in, even with, you know, the roster turnover and the blunders of Frank Vogel, it's just not a championship team. And that's what we all want them to be, given we saw them win a championship. And then the next season was a shortened offseason, going to that year. Had that year really, uh, you know, being marred by, like, injuries and constant in- people in and out of the lineup. And then we got this, which to me, this team is like a great value version of the championship team. Like it's like um, it's like they didn't have any money to buy the name brand thing, so they went and picked uh just the, the lower brand things to try to, you know, hold up and and, and be what they once were. Um, and it's this is what you get. You know what I'm saying? You can't get championship level continuity in one season on at the minimum you just don't do that it's it's impossible you it's rare you're gonna see a team hit on how many minimum signings the lakers made kent baysmore 
Dwight Howard, Malik Monk, DeAndre Jordan. Um, who else? Who else? Ray John Rondo. Ray John Rondo. <laughs> That's five minimum signings. And how many starters in that Monk group? Monk is one, but that's right. the only that's the only thing I'm going willing to concede mm-hmm. that they did well this offseason. Yeah. Even even the um Carmelo Anthony signing has mm-hmm. been, like slowly uh looked worse and worse throughout the season, mm-hmm. in my opinion. Yeah, and the, and even even looking at like Malik been struggling lately. Like struggling mm-hmm. lately. You know, he like up and down. Um and Frank, I just don't know. He's done. He he has Frank is Frank is near the top of my shit list now. And <laughs> you know, we haven't I don't think we've had I think one of our most early pods we did a little Frank defense. Maybe not. Maybe mm-hmm. this was just in texting early in the season, but I feel like we me and you have been like defending him like crazy while while the the angry mobs were out on twitter mm-hmm. very early in the season like freaking november december but i i have no credible defense of him anymore with the reeves benching like it's like i like and i think me and you will even say like reeves has been kind of bad lately yeah very and bad I even think <laughs> like pretty bad yeah. but, but here's the thing Everyone on this team has yeah, been pretty bad lately. Like, they're on a they're on a they're on a six game losing streak. I just don't get it in the fact of one. He didn't play THC or Reeves on Friday. Mm-hmm. He did play THC today a lot. THC sucked. <laughs> like, sorry, he just sucked. And it's not like like he is a different you know body profile than Reeves. Like he's got longer arms and. I wouldn't say much more strength, but he's got a little bit more strength than Reeves. Um, but like, I think Reeves would have been far better out there and would have been able to do the same things that they were wanting THC to do. Hell, the only thing THC was doing was taking the ball out of like AD or Russ's hands when Russ was finally having like the best offensive game he's had like in months. Mm-hmm. It's like, what's the point of even having him out there? He's not like a role player for for the Lakers, like for the Fakers. Sorry, he just was out there trying to get his baskets, and he can't even really do that. Anyways, sorry. Did you have any other further thoughts? I feel like I kind of cut you off to go off on Vogel. We good, man. He deserves it. Yeah, you know, you know, I'm always defend my boy, man, to the death. But yeah, he he, hey, he he had his hand on the shovel too, and you know, digging his grave, um. And the thing with my thing with Vogel is I don't get like banishing players to hell in the way that he does. You know what I mean? Even with like <laughs> again, dang, it's hard, bro. Because you say, all right, well, I was gonna say, you know, you, you gotta play Baysmore because you got him, but then you see the stuff Baysmore does when he get in the game. Like that is a recurring theme with everybody. And if I'm a coach and I know you know, the front office kind of put me in that position. I mean, I, I just do that. You know, I'll show them like, hey, I'm doing everything you gave me to work with. And this is what I'm getting. Um, And I do think it's an element of that. Not to, again, not to pull any blame off the table from Frank Vogel. But I do think it's an element of that, too. Like, look, what y'all gave me, not it. Um, I don't I don't get the Reeves stuff at all. That That's just, like you said, inexcusable. I don't know if um that was like something the coaching staff suggested and they kind of rolled with it or what, but or maybe he's just tired. I'm hoping because that that ain't it because he is he's literally one of their best players and they need him, you know, to try to make something out of nothing in his last little stretch run of games. But I don't know, man. Like I said, this team they showed us who they were a long time ago, but we didn't believe it and rightfully so because we wanted to believe in LeBron and AD. But if you look around the league, you're looking at the level of basketball, the contenders playing, and some of these teams up and coming, you look at the way they play, and you look at what the Lakers do, whereas like watching a, a rec league, um, youth league play versus watching, uh, you know, the highest level of basketball 
for an NBA team. Like, it's, it's like night and day. So, I don't know how they get back to that because they have to in order to get the – you got AD, you got LeBron. You can't just have them on that roster, on the roster just like, you know, doing whatever. Like, you got to – Sell tickets. Yeah, you got to be competing. Can't just be that. Mm-hmm. And for, you know, I don't get into all that picketing and stuff, but, I mean, if – if the Lakers brand is about selling tickets and, you know, putting the highest quality basketball on the floor to get butts and seats, hey, they better they gotta get get it right in the offseason, man. They got to get it right. And I think the only way they really can do that is and I know they like I said, I don't think they they would put any stock into it now because it's too early to say, yeah, we have thought about waving and stretching Westbrook. That's literally the only avenue they have to being able to build a team. Like, because I don't think nobody's going to trade agree. for us to bail them out. It just, it sounds good in theory. And I, I you know, I hate to buzz people with bubble, but I hate to pe- hear people talk like that. Like, oh, yeah, they're going to trade West. Like, that's a given. Like, we see where thinking things are given got us. Like, we got to get out of that mindset. There, there's no, <laughs> like, especially with the Lakers of all franchises. No one's going, no one does like an NBA trade without thinking they're getting like something a little sweet on their end or something with a little upside on their end. And like I said, especially with the Lakers, no one's going to do that because mm-hmm. everyone hates the Lakers around this league. All the owners do. Like there's no like, there's no front office in the league that's like, man, I kind of like Palenka and those guys over there. <laughs> like no, no one's saying that. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. Like seeing the trades of like, I think we're even like, you know, I think we were texting about like, ooh, trade trade with the Knicks, mm-hmm. bring Julius Randle aboard, and like, out, like whatever, like whatever other people make the contracts work. Like, I don't think the Knicks are going to do that unless like the Lakers dish in like at least one of those first round picks. Mm-hmm. Um, and I want them to keep at least one of those first round picks at the very least. But it kind of just feels like if they have to trade Russ this offseason, it's going to have to involve two of those first round picks. Yeah. And I don't want that. Listen, that, that, that might as well, that might as well put the white flag up on the next season as well. Cause they're not going to have anything to trade at mm-hmm. the trade deadline to like try and improve. We already said it, man, whether people agree with it or not, the best path to getting this team on track is to wave Westbrook, eat that 12 million for what, however many years and Three have, years. have your 10 million was like nine, 10 million, your 4 million to spend. That's the only way you'll be able to get – you're not going to get back what you had with that that defensive juggernaut championship year, but you can you can get somebody in L.A. for $10 million, for $9 million. Yeah, for sure. You can get somebody in L.A. for $4 million, like a quality – you can get two quality starters, which is what this team don't have. They don't have a lot of starters on their team, man. You ever sit down no. and look at the roster and be like, Bro, Dwight Howard, Dwight Howard is not a starting center in the NBA anymore. He's barely a backup center in the NBA. Avery Bradley is not a starter in the NBA. And he he got cut by the Warriors this year. Like, the Warriors are super good. Don't get me wrong. But to get cut by any NBA team, you're nowhere close to having the pedigree of a starter. Like, it's not like the Lakers are some brainiacs and the Warriors front office is some dummies. It's quite... Quite literally the reverse. Yeah. This is hey, um, get it together, man. But yeah. We'll talk some winning time, here, man. Here's, oh, you got you got Yeah, well got here. Let me let me read this one quote from Vogel. Uh it was from Dave McMenamin. I don't know if you saw it, but it just kills me and I just have to read it. Uh Frank Vogel says he is proud <laughs> <laughs> Proud of you. Frank Vogel says he is proud of the Lakers for how they are approaching the final stretch. <laughs> <laughs> despite the despite the win loss record. By the way, in the last six games, there's none of those W's. All losses. He says, quote, it sucks, unquote, to go through all the losing, but he believes his group plays with a quote pure spirit, end quote, and says, quote, it could be worse, end quote, if their attitude was different. Oh mm. why? Like, I know, and AD was saying some stuff earlier, or after the game, too, like, oh, man, like, it makes you wonder what could have happened if, like, we didn't have all these injuries. I know, like, I hope 
deep down in Volvo and 80s hearts, they don't actually believe that. But, like, I almost wish Volvo was talking about the injuries and, like, no cohesion and, like, whatever. This team has no spirit and a terrible attitude. If they had good attitudes about playing basketball right, they wouldn't have had all those early season losses to the Thunder, the Kings at one time, like, all that stupid shit. Like, the Spurs, like, that, I that, can't believe bro, it. that really, like, burnt them, man. Like, those games burned them. Like yeah, those early season yeah. games. Uh, like, bro, they were playing at home like, like five out of every six games. Bruh, they had a mean stretch of games where like, put it. Adam Silver put it on a platform. Hey guys, if I literally <laughs> yeah, like oh, I know you guys like are putting this whole team together. Like you guys don't have any cohesion. That's fine. Play the Thunder a bunch of times in the first couple months. You're gonna be at home. Russ, you can hang out with your family all the time because that's apparently all you're here for. <laughs> all right, all right. I need to stop. I need to stop. We need to stop. Oh, Unless you have any further yeah, thoughts. I got one I don't, more oh, thing. Yeah, go ahead. What you think uh, Melo said to Vogel then, man? Because if you look at the clip, Vogel and David uh not David Fisdale. Well, David Fisdale too, but he wasn't really reacting. Um, Phil Handy was looking like, oh. And then the other, it was somebody on the bench behind them. He was looking like, I think Miller cuts Vogel out, man. <laughs> well, not just I, Vogel, but everybody out. I think, like, Carmelo's, like, one of those guys who I feel like he can say something that he truly means, mm-hmm. and he's trying to, like, trying to be a jerk when he says it, but he, like, but he, I think he says these things, like, he, say, he probably said something with, like, some heat behind it in his voice like fuck out of here but it's probably (laughs) such a funny way of saying it that it was like like you know how some people like will say something mean Mm -hmm. but they say it purposely in such a funny way that like they're kind of half joking but half serious i feel like that's what happened so i think he did say something like on face value if you like wrote it down on like you know espn like You'd be like, "Wow, Carmelo hates Vogel's guts," and it was, and I think he got put in right after, right after that, he got mm-hmm. put back in the game, and I think it was something about him just getting yanked like randomly. Uh you know what? Now I think about it, because Vogel put up a high five. Maybe he was just like, "Fuck out of here!" I ain't giving you, da- I ain't giving you no damn high five. Yeah, because they laughed. <laughs> Cause they it's like... something. It's something where like. Even Vogel, like the face Vogel made. I feel like if Vogel really was like, oh man, he would, yeah, he would have got serious. He wouldn't, he wouldn't have made like a, even he had like a smile, like a little bit of like a jeez, like smile. Yeah. But like, and I don't think Handy would have been like dying laughing if that wasn't like something like funny, some type of inside or yeah, like something they do. Yeah. Yeah. Like something like Mello probably does, like at least wants to practice, like something he says that's mean, but like, you know, like Mello doesn't actually like really super mean it, but yeah, I don't know. Yeah, that was that was that was a video I tweeted out. I like was watching the game. I was like, "Whoa, what, <laughs> you what got just happened quick there? eyes, bro!" Hey, this is the same man that catchphrases. Fuck out of here! I got it. So, yeah, <laughs> like he Mello's Mello's low key. I think pretty moody. He's like, moody and funny, funny man. <laughs> or just the uh, I love like the um, when he was on the Thunder, like. Uh, what do you think? Like your role will be all, coming off the bench, like oh, me or like whatever he said that one time, like bench or like whatever. And then he kind of like laughed, like he, he like that 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 type of stuff. Like he said, like he means it where he says like me bench, but then he like kind of laughs and like the way he says it's so funny. So I don't know. I did see I the, I had that tweet and got a lot of likes and got a lot of engagement. A lot of people taking it super seriously, which I definitely wasn't. Which is why I, like put a little classic LeBron laughing emoji or whatever behind it. But, oh, the Fakers, man, this team. I can't believe uh, people are saying, like, oh, only four games left. Oh, four games is so much. We've got last game is next Sunday. Okay. That sounds way better to me. Seven days. We can do this, Walt. Hey, man, we're going to hang in there. We're going to hang tight. And then and then we're going to try and watch good basketball in the NBA playoffs a while uh, Dave McMenamin, all the boys on the athletic are releasing these, releasing the the season long hit pieces. That's what I. Uh, that's what I think people are waiting on, man. 
they waiting on like it's gonna uh, happen. Yeah, it's gonna be like the firing. I think that's why people. I don't know if it it'll wait. I don't know if they'll wait like a week after. Well, they'll probably wait until after the exit interviews. Either yeah. way, yeah. but there will be there will be some articles and there will be some things said. One last, thing. but yes. How how long <laughs> after that last game until they they drop the hammer? On Vogel? Yeah. Well, I guess, do you think they're going to let him do an exit interview? Yeah. Okay, so that'll probably be two days after next Sunday, Mm -hmm. probably. Okay. Or maybe it will be, maybe they'll do it the day after. I think it'll be either, I think it'll be two days after the exit interviews. Mm -hmm. Max. Or, or they'll do the exit interviews Monday, and then they'll do a, <laughs> they'll really dog them and do a Friday afternoon <laughs> news dump of Vogel being fired, which would be the sixteenth, I believe, fifteenth. Oh, That'd be the fifteenth. It'll be it'll be next week. I don't I don't think they're gonna let it go too far after the exit interviews. What do you think? Yeah, they'll wait till after the exit interviews. I think that yeah, I think it'll be they'll do exit interviews Monday or Tuesday, and then it'll be Tuesday or Wednesday. Mm-hmm. They they're not gonna wait long. Like this has been a like they had they definitely probably told Vogel he's fired like back in whatever they were having the that leak off in what January or whatever. Mm-hmm. Oh boy, sad, very sad. Um. Anyways, let's get into some. More exciting stuff, even though this this episode of Winning Time was had some very dour moments. Uh, we had a little bit of a look into the early life of Kareem Abdul-Jabbar, a.k.a. Lou Alcinder, when he was, I think the episode started in 1968, uh, when he was first uh, getting into the Islam religion. Um, had the classic, they had a nice little needle drop of a cold open, like, oh, what's your name? And he's like, looks, looked at, I love when he looked at the camera, Kareem Abdul-Jabbar. And then that theme song came in. Oof. Um, that was good. Uh, what else happened to the episode? Uh, got a little Spencer Haywood in the mix. Uh, what you've been waiting for, I know, this entire time. Uh, played by Wood, none other than Wood Harris, mm. Avon's, Avon Barksdale uh of the wire remember the titans paid in full uh above the Walt's rim not gonna let me Walt's not gonna let me say above the rim without <laughs> letting everyone know that i've never seen it that's uh that's that's walt's assignment to me for the week uh but yeah i got a little wood harrison there love him what else did we get in there uh, a little bit of magic and kareem button heads uh jack mckinney kind of putting the onus on magic to lead the team and get Kareem to quit being such a sourpuss basically. <laughs> um, but yeah, man, what was your kind of favorite part of the episode? We'll kind of talk about, let's talk about our like favorite parts and then we'll kind of get into the ending, which uh, we could talk about what happened in real life, which is very accurate to what they did in the show, but go ahead. I think my favorite part was at the opening when they were talking about the ticket scalpers and she gave them a thousand tickets and he was like, I'm going to fuck them up when I see them. And then she was like, yeah, just give these tickets out. And he was like, so I can't fuck them up? <laughs> I thought that was hilarious. Man. That was, uh, was that was again, that was uh, Rodney Barnes, who's the executive producer on the show, uh, Moonlight as an actor yeah. during it. Loved it. But yeah. Loved it. Yeah, that was good. Oh, I forgot about, um, uh, I mean, yeah, they got very serious about, you know, Kareem and uh, all of his social activism through the, throughout the years. Um, I actually did not know that his dad was a cop. Same. I had no clue. Same. But um, I had no clue about that. Very interesting little wrinkle to just his upbringing and like where it all led. Um, but was kind of just showing like the internal struggle that he's had, I feel like, throughout his career and even post-career. Very, very uh, timely episode considering um, I believe they gave out the award uh, named after Kareem to uh, Carmelo, the first ever, um, the inaugural award of uh, basically just like the player in the NBA who um, 
I don't know. The social justice qualifications war. For. Yeah, basically the social justice war. The NFL has like the Walter Payton Man of the Year award. It's basically the equivalent. Mm-hmm. Uh, gave it to Carmelo Anthony, and there's been some talk today. Kareem's called out LeBron like a lot in the past couple years for just stuff that LeBron says. Mostly kind of focused on COVID stuff. But I don't know. Kareem had more quotes today about LeBron. I don't even want to like dive too much into that. Um, unless you do. We'll see. But yeah, it was kind of an interesting little episode and just in terms of, I've been waiting for them to kind of focus in on Kareem because it's like, Jesus Christ, like we are we gonna talk about Cap? Are we gonna talk about Kareem Abdul Jabbar in this Showtime Lakers show? Uh finally did. So I thought that was really cool, um, really interesting. And um sometimes I forget, like, I'm not watching Kareem. I'm or I'm not watching Kareem, I'm watching Solomon Hughes. He does such a good job playing him. Man, he, the he got the the Addiction, the mm-hmm. like, just the movement, the mood. His just like his like head shape. Yeah, like it's so much like Kareem. It's weird. If you, I mean, <laughs> of course, uh, you know some of the fine fans that are close to Kareem tune in to uh, our recap. So if you know Kareem, of course, you gotta be like in chills because he just Solomon Hughes. That's my MVP, by the way. When we do get into that conversation, he's just like knocking it out the park. Oh yeah, I was gonna. I was gonna say like I was. I meant to lead into this. We don't even need to talk about the MVP because this was the Solomon Hughes episode. Yeah, no doubt, bro. Yeah, it's runaway, unanimous. Some would say. Yeah. I love um. Yeah, I was gonna say. Uh, also, like I said, we had Wood Harris as Spencer Haywood. A lot of funny parts with him. Uh, I can't. Okay, so who's the guy? Who had the bet with Norm? Oh, Michael Cooper. <laughs> the bet about yeah. Okay, was that Michael Cooper? I I kind of forgot between like the last episode. Michael Cooper really uh really getting some co- comedic relief in here. I know, right? I don't know who that actor <laughs> is. I gotta look up who the actor is that plays him. But he was cracking me up. Just like his like, I don't even know. Like the way he was like listening to people doing that bet scene. Uh, Wood Harris walk around buck naked. Um. <laughs> Like down in Mississippi, Mississippi, we do it different. We uh, <laughs> we do it ourselves. Oh man, that was killing me. Um, but yeah, Del- uh, Delante D'Souza, he's he's funny, and he is a. Uh, speaking of like Magic Johnson having a big smile, he's just got he's got a radiant smile. Yeah, man, um, love that. But yeah, he's. I thought he was super funny. Uh, I keep thinking uh, Jason Siegel, which is which. We could uh, transition into the end of the episode. Jason Siegel's about to have an in- increased role on this team, if you will, <laughs> or uh, on the show. Well, I guess I did the joke there accidentally because uh, he's about to be the interim coach of the Lakers. And I thought, uh, first of all, I was die laughing just when Jerry West came in with the fishing gear on. <laughs> it's trout <Yeah>. season. <laughs> Jason like, oh, Clark, man. man. Jerry, Such a mess. He's he's making me laugh every time he comes on the street. And then just uh, Jason Stegall's just like, when he, when they leave the court and he's just like sitting there talking to himself, like, Oh, hi, Jerry. Oh, it's really nice to meet you. <laughs> and then he was doing, he was doing like an impression of Jerry West. Like, Oh yeah. I should up. <laughs> it was making me laugh so hard. I think, I think Jason Stegall's so funny. I don't know. Um, but yeah, what else, uh, what else is like in there? We want to talk about, uh, here, let me do, let me do the voice. I want to talk about the Laker girls. Laker girls. Finally. Man, Laker, the floor, the forum club, man. Going down in there, bro. I was like, hey, Dr. Bus. <laughs> got the lights dimmed. Playing some poker. What y'all got going on, man? Bro, these dudes, they they tripping me out, man. They just they <laughs> Actually, actually, I have a. I promise. I promised I would uh, give this note. Uh, this is my girlfriend watching me. This here. Here's her note on uh on the initial scene of like the Lake girls coming out uh in the forum club like dancing, and he was like, oh, "Okay, this is what I want." She said, "That is perfect, toxic masculinity." <laughs> and her her quote that she wanted me to say was. All the way from horniness to rage. <laughs> I was like, "All right, all right, fine, I'll bring that in." Because he, because he was getting all hot and bothered and loving the Lakers, and I was just like, "Oh, what?" I can't remember what he referred it to, but just like the lip 
of the uh, bar door, like extending a little, just a little bit. He's like, oh, just slamming it like classic toxic masculinity. Yeah, um, and you could see, and you could see it in uh, Hadley Robinson, the girl playing Jeannie. You see it in her eyes, like, oh man, like is my dad was kind of a piece of shit. Yeah, as they alluded to, um, I think uh, one of uh, the next episodes. And Jeannie was like, yep. yeah, I want to be like you. He was like, yeah, you'll never be me. You'll be like your father. Yeah, with uh, Claire Rothman. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah, that was, I I saw that. And I was, I, I couldn't tell if the uh, preview after it was like a preview in the next episode. or It, it might have been a preview of the whole season or whole rest of the season. But yeah, I thought that was really interesting. And I actually, I think probably the part I'm most looking forward to other than how or when the show was going to end in terms of like, is it going to end with the end of the season? Is it going to end? I, I don't know. Like in terms of the Lakers games, but I am interested to keep doing like the dynamic between Jeannie and Jerry and then his mom. Uh, Cause you could tell like they're kind of about to explore like the relationship between him, him and his mom more. And it'll be interesting to see if they're kind of doing like doing the foreshadowing of Jeannie becoming such like a powerful, powerful owner mm-hmm. in the NBA. Uh, and yeah, like you said, in that preview for the next few episodes, like Claire Rothman saying like, you're not going to Jeannie, you're not going to turn it to me. You're going to turn it to your dad. And I'm sure she's going to be like, oh, man, mm. I want to do that. I don't want to do that at all. Mm. But, you know, you kind of you kind of do. Mm. And spoiler it. It goes pretty well for you. I will say that. All, right. all things considered. But what what else I had on the old the old docket? I took some notes too, Donnie. Yeah, boy. <laughs> you got some notes too. I didn't take the best notes today. I was I was I was enjoying the episode. Honestly, I was kind of sitting there enjoying it. Um, I liked that they finally got to some actual basketball games. Yeah, even cool. though even though the actual basketball didn't look the best. <laughs> yeah. Uh, they they had they had like two plays a row where like Magic just drove at the rim absolutely no resistance and then did the like above his head behind his head like oop to Kareem and they did that like twice I'm like oh you guys hey. did that on set one day and was like damn this is sick <laughs> run it back <laughs> run it back this is hey. sick Solomon hey. Hughes six foot eight just slam dunking it home hey, man. let's do that again um yeah what else did you got uh, I didn't know uh, Kareem had a white wife. Um, I feel like I is, so did I, know, but I didn't. I feel like I seen seen her like recently, but I kind of forgot about it. I so that was his. So that's his. I don't know if were they married at that time. Mm-hmm. I, I was gonna look up if that was his future wife, current wife, or not at all in the picture anymore. Mm-hmm. Person. Um, but yeah, that's his wife. You said. Mm-hmm. I think so. Interesting. Yeah. Um. Oh, oh! Not his first wife in life. Ah, uh, he was he married to somebody married. famous before, right? Uh, he was. This is not her. He was married to Habiba Abdul Jabbar from 1971 to 1978. Mm. So, and this is in 1979. This Kareem guy, man. And Google's Google's doing his current wife dirty. Yeah. Because I just typed in Kareem Abdul-Jabbar wife, and that's what they popped up. <laughs> I realized Kareem seven two. His current wife's got to be pissed. <laughs> yeah, Kareem's old man. Yeah, man. Wait, Kareem's seventy four. Yeah. Yeah, he... yeah, man. That was like that one day, or that one day he was doing like a spaces with uh, Trudell. Mike Trudell mm-hmm. was interviewing him, and I can't remember who else was interviewing, but it was two guys. It was Trudell and someone else. Um, I was like, man, I got to listen to this. Like, you never know how many more times you're going to get to, you know, listen to Kareem. Seriously. Um, a true ambassador, man. But here's here's also something I'll say. I'd like to hear him talk about a lot of other stuff other than Will Smith slapping a Chris Rock. <laughs> like, like I've said many times, we should have just let that be entertainment and be funny and be a good moment that we could talk about at work the next day. Wait, we sh- we didn't. We didn't need to. We didn't need to hash it over so much. Yeah, man. We, we just did not. You know how that go, though, man. No, we gotta anything that's popular. You gotta gotta think. Pizza. Examine it from 
every single direction. Yeah. Every single direction. Yeah. Um, yeah, were there any other parts you liked in it? I already mentioned I loved the just the just the entire conversation around uh, Spencer Haywood's circumcision. Uh, <laughs> really thought that was funny. Um, thought Wood Harris was great as him oh, in general. Man. I'm glad we're going to get to see more of him. That was tremendous. Uh, tremendous. And then, yeah, moving forward, I'm gl- oh, well, tell me any other parts you really liked, and then we'll kind of talk about the ending of the episode. Uh, EJ the DJ man coming in there ready to set set the move. EJ EJ the DJ, yeah, yeah. yeah. Everybody know Magic Johnson. Uh, he just went out there slinging the rock, man. It's 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 well known in NBA circles that Magic Johnson was was known to get the party started, known to get it rocking. Mm-hmm. Um, <laughs> Kareem absolutely pissed he uh interrupted his prayer time, coming in there bumping uh bumping <laughs> his tunes and all that good stuff. But yeah, man, I, I I love that little you know nod. That's probably the only thing Magic Johnson agree with, and he enjoying the series so far. But um, you know, you gotta love that. Yeah, I, um, they had some good music in this one. They were really uh, they really beating uh, "Ring My Bell" to death mm-hmm. in this episode. I feel I feel like they had it played. I, I want to say that was the song that was playing. Yeah, shout out to Anita Ward when EJ came in. EJ, I'm calling him EJ now. When Magic came in, uh, maybe not, but it was definitely the song they played when the Laker girls first came out, mm-hmm. which is so funny to think about. Here come your 1979 to 1980 Lakers, but first the Laker girls. Like, oh, I, this, I'd like to see detour. Magic Kareem, but uh, let's see what this Laker girls are. Then it's like, like, whoa, what is? Oh, and okay, before we get into the uh, end of the episode for real this time uh had a few cameos in this one one being paul abdul the the first laker girl the most famous laker girl of all time obviously literally spawned her career uh and everything in it and they had a nice little um my girlfriend actually put me on this i guess like michael jackson like discovered her and that's kind of how she got into music so they had that nice little line of like oh michael jackson will see you at the game um and whatever like that uh but then who else did we see in this episode uh, as a as a little baby uh uh what's that uh some played a little shooting guard back in the day for um for the lakers man i can't remember some high school kid um oh kobe bryant Je- that's his name jelly bean son <laughs> i i'd like to get all my royalty checks sent to making georgia please thank you Donnie, I would Walt, see your Walt called it. Walt called it. You can see it on Twitter. Uh, he called it. There's going to be a little baby Kobe Bryant in there. I didn't really know too much about uh, what's his dad's name, Joe. Jelly Bean. Um, I didn't really know where Joe was in his career at this point, but Walt called it. We got a little baby Kobe. Um, oh, what they said? What did they put below his name when they, you know, they do the thing where they show the person's name and they have that little funny tidbit below. Oh, they had something funny or so, it was something cute. Um, and that was just like kind of a cute moment. And they also mentioned him when uh, they were kind of talking about Spencer Haywood and how uh, he went to Supreme Court to fight for players to be able to come out straight out of high school and get in the NBA. And they're like, mm-hmm. you know, Kobe Bryant, you know, LeBron James. Yeah, they probably wouldn't have uh, had the same exact careers if it wasn't for Spencer Haywood. So. That was nice. I I mean, I, I wasn't really too knowledgeable on Spencer Haywood and everything he did until like the past few years, to be honest, which is, I mean, just embarrassing for myself as an NBA fan. But cool that they're doing it. Obviously, they kind of have to since he's on the team now. But uh, yeah, I liked all that. Any other? I'm trying to think. I thought there was like one other little cameo in this. Oh, it's a cameo in there. Uh, if you. What, what am I so forgetting? Musically inclined. I don't know if you uh you ever heard of a little group called NWA, but um you know Easy Ice Cube, Dr. Dre, MC Ren, um, DOC, he used to do writing for for NWA. Uh, you heard that song for it's Compton, it's Compton, it's Compton, uh-huh. it's getting funky, it's getting funky. But yeah, he was in the show. He was the um when you get off the show, we get done. Go listen to the DOC. 
you heard the song before because it was on Grand Theft Auto, one of the Grand Theft Autos. Okay. You heard it before. But when you hear, you gonna be like, okay, I heard the song. But that's him. But he was in the mosque when Kareem goes to uh, he goes to pray, and he was like, yeah, you know, it's been a while since we had a a man of your stature here, and they have like the little, oh, that was him, yeah, like that literally was, that, that was... guy talking to uh that Kareem for a while. Yeah, oh, and he's cool. he's actually a converted Muslim too. So um, I heard it. Oh, that's cool. Because he was in a real bad car accident, which is why his career isn't like as big as it probably should be. But like in the prime of his rap career, oh. he was in a bad car accident and it like messed up his vocal cords. I know him. For, I know him from that in mm-hmm. regards to like NWA. Yeah, yeah, yep. yeah. So yeah, that's why. Oh, that's cool. His voice was like extra raspy because he just got his voice back like after all these years. At the, um, wow. I think his vocal cords got oh. crushed. Oh. Yeah, okay. I do know him now that you say that. And honestly, when he came in the room, I was like, I was like, this kind of feels like, not that he was like doing bad acting or something, but I was like, this guy kind of feels like like local, not in a bad way, but like, yeah, yeah, yeah. Because I was like, that dude sound familiar. And he seems like he like actually belongs in his place or he'd been there before in real life. Right. Yeah. So I was like, that's DOC. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. But yeah, I couldn't have said that better myself, bro. It did feel like somebody who worked belong. Also, I need to, I need to confirm, Mm -hmm. but I want to say, and I know for a fact someone's playing him in this show. I want to say they had a young Jack Nicholson, uh, courtside Mm. at the first Lakers game. I know for a fact just from following one of the creators on Instagram that they had a young Diane Cooper. Uh, who's obviously like such a one of the probably like not too far behind Jack Nicholson in terms of infamous Lakers celebrity fans, and I and I know for a fact they've got someone playing Jack Nicholson. Actually, I'm looking at the IMDb right now. Someone plays Jack Nicholson for six episodes. So, mm-hmm. but I was waiting for I was waiting for uh, the kind of when they were doing the montage of them winning games when uh, John C. Riley's just dancing, yucking it up at the Forum Club. I thought. We were gonna get someone coming in with like just a extra Jack Nicholson impression, like Jerry, love what you done with the team, yeah. <laughs> like something like that. Uh, I hope that I, they they still got time to do that, and I kind of feel like they will because I mean, if you're gonna have someone play Jack Nicholson, you gotta have him, you know, do the Jack voice at least a little bit. Um, actually, be cool if they have. Speaking of which, he was at the game. Jack Nicholson's son. Yeah, uh, that would be cool if they had him do it. Uh, poor guy taking the mantle from from his pops and just seeing all this terrible basketball yeah. up close and personal same 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 with flea and the red hot chili peppers they got yeah. to see it up close and personal today too so oh boy um jack nicholson i got my uh i got my choice uh honestly this guy i'm looking at him right now his name is maxi williams he kind of has you gotta have that like insanely wide smile <laughs> but who do you got Oh, if I had the budget, I it'd be uh, Leo, no doubt. Ooh, his Jack Nicholson impression is so good. Yeah. I know, like, are you thinking of that? Yeah. <laughs> oh, his Jack Nicholson impression is creepy. Honestly, I feel like they probably could have got him at, uh, on set for like one day if they were just having some guy per se Jack Nicholson for a scene. Him and Adam McKay, they're buddies. Yeah. They just got done doing that one movie together. They could have made it happen. They could have made it happen. I, I keep waiting for something. I mean, they had Gary Vitti, which is like essentially the Lakers version of seeing Leo in a cameo for, for us. Like, oh, it's Gary Vitti. Mm-hmm. I'm I'm still waiting for, I, I swear they're going to have like some crazy cameo, but maybe not since, you know, none of these people want to see themselves portrayed. Um, and then the end of the episode, uh, Jack McKinney took a big old tumble. Um, I, was, I was sitting with my girlfriend, I'm like, Keep keep watching. Keep watching. I swear, just keep watching. Something's gonna happen. Something's gonna happen. It happened. Uh, I misremembered it. I thought he got hit by a car, yeah. and and they and they did that little little tease, basically, of the guy almost hitting him with the car. Mm-hmm. Uh, but yeah, that is how it happened in real life. He hit the brakes. Uh, they got screwed up, and he just got bucked off his car. <sighs> Oof, man, there's nothing, there's nothing, I mean, he did it in a worse way, because he obviously went, like, head first. Full speed. Um, <laughs> full speed, Jeez. and, like, on, like, one of those L.A. hills. Uh-huh. Um, 
and he almost died from this. Yeah. Um, he almost died from this, and spoiler alert now, if you don't know the history of the Lakers, um, Paul Westhead, who's played by Jason Siegel, takes over as interim head coach, and they keep winning like they were showing in the montage, and he eventually gets hired as a uh, full head-time coach. Mm-hmm. And I want to say for like the entirety of that season, um, McKinney is like just recovering. And then I think the next, I think I read correctly, I think the next season, Jerry Buss essentially vouches for him or insists to the rest of the league that someone hire him as head coach. And he went on to be head coach of the Pacers. So, and he, Jack McKinney, I believe, uh, passed away in 2018, 2019. Um, kind of a big, huge, like, what if story. Uh, Obviously, you know a little bit about the Lakers. Pat Riley ends up coming in to coach eventually, winning a lot of chips. <laughs> Patricia, but you mean Patricia? That, Patricia. <laughs> oh man, hey, the disrespect. The, the, the Chick Hearn fans are can't be feeling good about this show. Yeah, man. I feel like I feel like they can't be. They got to be feeling worse than the Jerry yeah. West stands of the world. Who did Chick Hearn piss off? Man, Chicky baby, come and, on. Uh, <laughs> The the yeah we haven't even really talked too much about the Adrian Brody and uh uh well Pat Riley and Chick heard of it all but the the fist thing <laughs> see see right now Patrick I'm fisting you <laughs> I'm fisting you Patrick man I was <laughs> and then like Adrian Adrian Brody looking at the camera too like uh, come on each time he did it, it was <laughs> killing me yeah that was that was crazy man uh, but yeah what'd you think about what'd you think uh how do you think they're gonna move forward in the show with uh introducing the jack mckinney bicycle incident or accident oh, man i think they're going you know kind of come out hot just you know laying it out like this is it man this was the last ride for this guy oh, oh no pun intended oh um, <laughs> i i don't know i got a I got an issue man but anywho yeah i think they'll come out you know go ahead and start segueing into because i don't know the full story of how Pat Riley gets himself into the door of Me like neither. the head coach. Like again, we must reiterate this man is doing color commentary. So how does he do it? I mean, they got to go through the, the Paul West, uh, Westhead, Westhead. Yeah, Westhead. Yeah, Westhead. They got to go through that first, that little uh, phase, and then from there, that's when they transition into uh, Pat Riley. And the crazy thing about it, which uh, you know, I know you're probably thinking about, is you would think Pat Riley came in like when it was some kind of big conflict. I mean, not like you would think it would be like a situation we're looking at now with Frank Vogel, where like things just like upside down. But the Lakers like about to go to like the finals. Spoiler alert, y'all! This in yeah. this situation, like in largely successful, like seriously successful, and all this is going to transpire. So I think that's going to be the best, the best thing to kind of, uh, you know, come out of this. And that's going to be like the the bigger story that they're going to be able to build on. And people are going to really enjoy that, man. Yeah. I'm, that's definitely what I'm most interested to see in terms of just the, I mean, we're already starting off with how they're going to go from McKinney to Westhead, but yeah. And you know, you know, I like I like being surprised. I have not been looking this up because I don't really know, like you said, how they just go from Westhead to this former player who's been doing color commentary by Chick Hearn getting bullied. Apparently, that might be a little dramatization, but yeah, like it's you know, Pat Riley. Pat Riley is one of the most interesting people to me in like the history of the NBA, just in terms of like what he's seen and what basketball he's been a part of mm-hmm. as coach as a player as an exec so i'm very interested to see like how they keep kind of advancing his story of it all and just whether they're going to get to that point at the end of the se- by the end of the season in terms of where he's um the new head coach of the lakers or what and i i feel like we're going to get some funny moments with uh jason siegel in terms of guarantee he's going to be feeling way over his head uh any like any person would just becoming interim head coach out of nowhere on this team that's rolling uh with their head coach now like near death in the hospital mm-hmm. gonna be interesting to see how they handle that but yeah great show 
I'm enjoying it so far. Um, but as always, it's just nearly impossible to make basketball look cool in movies and TV. They just, they just, they just can't do it, Walt. Hey, man. You know you know the game, man. We've been watching this for a long time, so. Yeah, I mean, it's it's hard to get uh it's hard to replicate replicate uh professional basketball, believe it or not. Yeah. Um any further thoughts before we uh before we end this? Any thoughts about winning time, losing time? Man, fakers. Ah, uh, man, the fakers. Um yeah, man, that's pretty much it, man. I'm pretty much voiced my opinion. I don't want to keep rehashing things over and over again. You know, I'm done. This team cannot hurt me no more. You know what I'm saying? I'm numb. Oh no, I'm I'm numb to it all. I'm yeah. not even numb to it. I just I don't take them seriously anymore. Exactly. So don't Here's a question. So next week, uh, they play their final game during the airing of the winning time episode. So we might record Monday night. We'll see if we record Monday night. What are you putting the percentage percent chances that we may be discussing Frank Vogel getting fired that evening? I'm going to put it at 45%. That's what I, that's what I said. I was going to say 40%, not, not likely, but not out of the question either. All right. Bit it. Yeah, I'm putting mine. At Man, if they do if they do an exit interviews and the firing in the same day, that's cold. And see, that's you know, last one last point. That's the type of stuff. If they if they do do that, they got to handle this somewhat delicately because that's the type of stuff that's not going to that's going to deter any actual good coach from coming here, aka Quinn Snyder. <sighs> I think we think he's a good coach. Listen, man, the precedent that. The Lakers have been setting, brother. I don't know if they anybody will ever come here. Yeah, well, they they really. We as fans, they gotta take. We can only hope that they go through the phase because that seems to be when they learn their lesson. Um, initially, um, when you know we we had free agent. Rejection after free agent rejection, and we kind of got forced into no sit down rebuild. In the way that you rebuild, it won't be a traditional rebuild because they still kept trying to do all this other. Well, no, I can't say that they actually did a proper rebuild. They lost yeah. and lost, and put up you know try to put together a fake team to compete when we knew they really wouldn't compete. Um, and then they took and they took the, all the good parts of that fake team and they turned them into Anthony Davis, yeah. who is. Still amazing. Yeah, still amazing. I do that deal tomorrow. Love that guy. Yeah. I ain't tripping off that. But I'm tripping off of everything else like the like it's it's the actual job part of, you know, what Rob Plink is supposed to be doing. That's the part that, you know, does not need to continue to go under discussed and it needs to continue to be highlighted by the lights of like Eric Pinkus and Everybody, you know, even us reporting on the Lakers, like he's not doing his job well. Like that's your job, like to know the nuances of contracts, knowing when to make this move, knowing yep. like you again, you got to meet people where they are, right? You fancy yourself. Or that's your. As... Go ahead. I was gonna say, or that's your t- or just like the people under you's yeah. job, which you're you're in charge of them. So it all comes up to you either way. Like you, we can. There can be sources blaming Kurt Rambis left and right. It don't matter. Kurt Rambis doesn't have the title. Mm-hmm. You you got the title. Yeah. And even to that point, that's where I have a, you know, that's where, not an issue. I don't got an issue with Jeannie Buss, but, hey, if they got to roll with the team, they got to roll with the team. I ain't com- I'm not complaining about that, but everybody else inside seems to have an issue with that. Like, we shouldn't hear about mm-hmm. people in the organization working like, with, like, snarky comments about like what what are their roles again like what like either they got a role or they don't have a role give yeah. them a real role if you want them to help like and i don't think nobody would exactly. have a problem with it they'll have their opinions about it but they wouldn't have a problem with it i would have a problem if my boss had somebody who was just their friend advising them on my career that technically walk walk around the yeah. office and stuff like that like what is what are they doing here like we're in a meeting about my performance and this again, you know, I'm capable for my boy Frankie V. We're in the meeting about my performance, <laughs> and I got people in here who like 
they got don't have official title. Yeah, they get and they got they they get to have an opinion about what I do, and they don't even cash a official check. Like that that's like messed up, man. And that's the reason why you know one of the reasons why Ty Lue probably didn't jump on that that deal and take that job. And that's the reason why I'm yep. I'm just fear would be a bad word to put on this because it's just basketball at the end of the day. But just as a fan, I'm like. I'm yeah, like, okay, guys. Again, I'm gonna cake with Frankie V again. If Frankie V, we know since the time he left Indiana that he was not the strongest offensive coach. They know that. Yeah. They are with him every day. They evaluate him. They know this, and they didn't think to say, "Well, we got to get some kind of offensive mind." We just lost Jason Kidd. We got to get some kind of other offensive mind, whether that be a consultant or anybody. We got to get somebody in the door to, uh, you know, to be like walking step with Frank Vogel. If they didn't think to do that, and then they turned the roster over and got the complete opposite of everything that makes this coach strong, what do y'all think these people are going to do if they get rid of this coach (laughs) and they don't got many – like it, it, what they say the grass is green on the other side or something like that. It'd be the opposite of that, right? Yeah, <laughs> same people. Same people are gonna be making decisions this summer. Yeah, like I like. I don't think Rob Plink's getting fired. And honestly, I think Rob Plink getting fired would be the worst case scenario because that means Rambus is stepping right stepping up to an actual that. position, and we that is that is the last thing. I I wouldn't I wouldn't be putting any good good feelings into any move they made this summer if it was Kurt Rambis as GM or anything like that. And like you said, like yeah, like I'm not. We don't want to say fear because it is just a stupid basketball team that we watch play basketball for some reason. <laughs> Sick in the head, but I'm like like I'm like thinking about all the moves they're gonna be, all the people they're gonna be signing. Uh, once free agency starts and how much of a microscope is going to be on all those moves. And I'm just so nervous for them. Like, so nervous. I like, like just thinking about the, the shams and like the Woj tweets that we're going to get and like, just seeing, okay, Oh God, let's, let's see who the Lakers sign this time. Oh, no, like just like stuff like that. I can, I can like feel it coming. Man, we should have known, man. We, we really did. We we did really get into our what they call it. What well, dang what's the word? It's a phrase. Grander delusion. Something like that. Delu uh oh, grander delusion. Is that what it is? We're butchering it. We, whatever. We 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 bought into the hype. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Of <laughs> you know, right again, rightfully so it's AD and LeBron, man. You gotta give them their just to Hall of Famers. But any team that willingly said I am going to start DeAndre Jordan after he played a year on a team that desperately needed a big that cut him. With Kevin Durant. Yes. And they still need a big. I'm going to play him and start him. A team, again, we should have known when Rob Palenka said, we want to return back to our traditional lineup of two bigs at forward and center. Yep. When I forgot he said that when Javale McGee was a free agent, <laughs> and what done? What what what's Javale McGee doing now? He's about to win a ring. Balling. Well, let's hope not. But odds are he's winning a ring. Balling, like that's that's like a again. I can't say it's a slap in our face because it's not that serious. But that's like that is like a slap in our face at the same time. Like. I, uh, <laughs> that's just crazy, bro. Like some of the quotes, like I guess again, we probably were, like all caught up trying to figure out how the rest thing was gonna work. But it's the stuff that they were saying compared to what they did is just like, yeah, I'm, I'm just like, all right, like five million you spent it, and again, this ain't got nothing to do with Kendrick Nunn being injured, but for a team that awesome. desperately needed like wing help. Already, you got Westbrook and LeBron, who's going to be doing the bulk of all the dribbling, playmaking, yeah. controlling the game. You went and gave five million to Kendrick Nunn, 
And then you got you went and got Rondo. And Monk. And Monk. <laughs> and you kept THT. My all my hope before the season was rooted in LeBron and Anthony Davis wanted this. I trust LeBron and Anthony mm-hmm. Davis with my basketball viewing experience. I trust them. They are seeing something that all these other doubters are not seeing. I'm riding with them. They they must know something from Russ's side. They must know something that's going to change for Russ. They must know something with these DeAndre Jordan and all these guys that I, I'm just not seeing. And it turns out they ain't good at building a team, <laughs> LeBron and AD, if they had any part in all these moves, which it which LeBron literally said, I had a great time putting this team together. So he had a lot. He had a lot in part to do with this team. Son. Oh, boy. Listen. This what really, this is what really slid slid on the radar, and I really ignored it. This is gonna be it because it's already at, we at an hour, right at an hour. Yeah, we'll end here. We'll end here. Go ahead. Go ahead. Go ahead. They traded for Dennis Schroeder. They used a starter, a draft pick that a draft pick either could have become Jalen McDaniel or, of course. I think I still got tweets. I'm a, I'm retweet. You know I'm gonna retweet my tweet and show people what I said. And yeah. I said, man, the Lakers got to get Desmond Bain. I thought he was honestly, bro. I thought he was the best player in the draft from uh come in immediately and play. And um, it was me and Dave Dufour from the Athletic. We were like the two people, like man, Desmond Bain probably like the best player in the draft, low key. He like six six shoot. He like perfect three and D. But they could have got him with that pick and kept Danny Green and just transition him into the. I don't want to start. But anyway, traded for Dennis Schroeder, had his rights, offered him a deal. I guess he turned it out. We still really don't know what happened. Like, I don't even, no. with, with all of that stuff that they're saying, I'm not even sure they really offered him a deal. Like, that's just how much confidence I, I lack in their word. Like, for all I know, that can be and, like. And the reports, the reports coming from their side, like, yeah, that four-year, $84 million deal, That they probably just, like, said that just to be like, Man, look at this idiot turning down a four-year, eighty-four million-dollar deal. Like, sorry, our hands are tied. This idiot's like not accepting those big deals. He probably didn't get that. No way, bro. The more, the more that time goes by, based on how they you start, see, you start seeing all these lies. Like, mm, that just don't sound right. Like four years, eighty-four million. First of all, it's a lot of money. That's a lot of money for a starting point guard in the NBA. Who, again, he just came off of a six-man of the year runner up campaign got gifted a starting role on a championship contender like you you can't turn down that money because if it was a matter of well i don't want to take the contract because of um i could get more i don't, I don't think that was a thing because that his agent can't be that crazy because it wasn't a good point guard market a lot of teams that have money like that which he learned um so i don't i don't believe that they ever often i don't think that was ever like a Hey Dennis, how you doing? I don't think that ever happened because he would have took that deal, bro. Or he would have said, "Oh, I want that deal. Please give me that deal," or I'll take like hey. whatever. Because they could have offered him what during the summer. They could have offered him the MLE, right? They had his rights. Yeah, that that's another report that like they were considering or like they wanted to bring him back to be Russ's backup or like whatever. Yeah, and he said that he was, was fine like with that. Report. Yeah, actually, yeah, I guess it was that. Uh, here's an here's another reason why that deal never happened. Who can you imagine the Lakers giving a four-year, eighty-four million dollar to anyone <laughs> to, to to God Himself Bruh, if he was on the team? It just don't make sense. <laughs> the biggest cheapskates in the world. Oh man. Okay, so let me let me Dude. I'm gonna finish make my point. All right, do it, do it, do it. So you do that the deal rumor whatever is out there. You pretty much exile Dennis Schroeder after one playoff series. Waste basically a waste you wasted time. You wasted your own time. And then you come to the trade deadline, you try to trade for him again. <laughs> if that ain't like they were trying. Uh, if that's not incompetence on every level, like somebody gotta pay for that. That's like <laughs> like And that's and you know what? That's, that's some stuff, man. Let me let me just end it with one little positive spin mm-hmm. and then we can get out of I here. I got you, man. The fact that they were, I mean, reportedly trying to trade for him again at the trade deadline, that at least shows to me, 
Like they can't make those endeavors without having a thought of, yeah, we kind of screwed this up. Like you can't be doing that and not think like, and uh, you can't just be like, Hey, we're just trying to do whatever we can to improve our basketball team. Like we didn't see that this season would go so bad, but we do kind of need a backup point guard. Let's dead sure. Like you can't be doing that without having the back of your mind. Like, man, we are kind of stupid for <laughs> like, not just like locking this guy up in the summer or giving him an, uh, a reasonable extension. So that type of like idea, they haven't really showed in any other things that they have any sort of self-realization, but I'm just hoping that they realize just how everything they did this season has been stupid. And I hope they take their views of why they did those moves, realize that they were wrong, and then take that and just do the opposite. Like, just do the opposite and see how it shakes out. Like, I feel like we would be content if they did, did like, the opposite of what they did, not get a DeAndre Jordan type, not get all these old geezers, and, like, just got a bunch of, like, young, energetic 3 and D guys or whatever, and then that doesn't work. You know, LeBron and AD are still injured. Like, you know, we did something different. Hmm. Was that a positive spin? I guess I was trying to make it a positive hey, spin. Hey, you did what you could, man. <laughs> I did what I could. You can only you can only make so many positive spins yeah. about this team at this point. Whew. Well, um, next week when we record, the season will be over. Walt. Yeah, very much. So. That's kind of crazy. That's kind of crazy to say, isn't it? The season will be over next time we record. So we will talk to you guys then. Uh, the Lakers will be mercifully done with their season by that point because they will not be getting in the play in. And if they do, you guys can yell at me on twitter but they're just not they're not so we will talk to you guys when the season is over then uh depending on when we record we might be talking about like some exit interview type stuff hopefully not vulgating fired that'd be super disrespectful but either way we'll be uh there next week to talk about some winning time at the very least walt thank you very much for hopping on the sunday evening to talk to me we will talk to you guys all next week peace